This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's another very warm welcome to uh, Chelsea legend Kerry Dixon. I wonder if Kerry is feeling as depressed and traumatised as I am today, having witnessed not only Chelsea, uh, you know, suffer their first defeat in 14 games, but of course losing to, of all people, Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, I've got to be honest, Kerry, you know, whatever we talk about about the game in a minute, which I'm sure we will, for me, there is nothing worse than losing to Spurs. So I, I, I'm still feeling utterly gutted today. How about you? Um, well, I feel exactly the same. But I'm, you know, as much as I'm a supporter, I'm also um, talking on the show. Whereby I, I do feel, even though you know most supporters would say Tottenham are the arch enemy, and you know it is a little bit of a payback time, and every dog's got to have his day. And I, I thought on the night they were better than us. I've, I've got to be honest. Um, it's just a a human thing that every now and again um, it's going to happen that we aren't going to be the best team on the pitch and I actually feel last night we wasn't the best team on the pitch overall there wasn't a lot in it but they had Deli Ali who took his goals very well and, and I thought they were just that little bit better and Chelsea perhaps didn't hit the heights that they have in some of the games during that 13 match run um, records are there records are there to be broke we're joint now, and that's the way it will be until we <clears throat> produce another record run, uh, which hopefully will start uh, the very next game. But nevertheless, it's over. Forget about the records. And as I've said before, I think, and I'm sure it was, the focus is still on the Premier League, not the records. And, you know, Chelsea are currently five points clear and sitting in a very positive position um, in January. So, yes, depressed. Yes, down. Yes, upset. But just take it on the chin, as Tottenham did last year when Chelsea's tool draw, of course, ended their um, possible tilt at a title. Um, and we were all ecstatic with that. Every dog has his day, and uh, I'm afraid it's their day. Uh, well, it was their yeah. day yesterday, and, and they've got the bragging rights at the moment. 
That's absolutely, I mean, you know, absolutely nailed it there, Kerry, I think. I mean, it's really interesting, you know, because obviously, you know, if, if football isn't about emotion and passion, then, you know, frankly, what what's the point? And I think that that's true whether you're a footballer or, or, or a supporter. And, uh, you know, it was very interesting last night. Obviously, I'm quite heavily involved with Twitter and stuff. And, you know, there's quite a few meltdowns coming uh, as you kind of expected. I mean, my own view on the game, I'd be interested to hear hear what you said. I mean, I, I, I accept what you say, that, you know, on the night, Tottenham are better. And I, and I think there were some relatively uh, poor Chelsea performances, you know, and I say relative in terms of, as you said, you know, they've hit the heights recently. But I think, you know, it. Uh, do you know what? i tell you what, and it's very rarely that I will say this, but Graham Souness and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, I thought, were, were very good in the, uh, you know, the analysis after the game. And, Sooners made the point that, you know, this was a really tough, tight game between two very good sides. And ultimately, games like that are decided by very, very fine margins. And actually, you know, in the cold light of day, I, I agree with that because I thought it was a really cagey, scrappy game. And I actually think that for most of the 90 minutes, the two teams cancelled each other out. Um, you know, we missed a couple of gilt-edged chances. I mean, Costa and Hazard could have could have scored for us. It might have been a different game. Ultimately, Dele Alli took his chances really, really well. Two super goals by him, although you can point to some bit dodgy defending. But, you know, we were not battered. You know, that was a tough, scrappy, close game, I think, decided, as I said, by fine margins. I mean, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, it sounds like an agreement show, but absolutely spot on <laughs> and, absolutely, and absolutely right. Um, <coughs> um, it was tight, but there's, there's going to be games like that. You know, we've got the Liverpool's, the Cities coming up. We, we, we've got, uh, you know, Manchester United, um, the Arsenal's, we, we've got to play again for the second time this season. And them games are going to be very similar. It's games against your um, title rivals. Um, always going to be that way. Occasionally you'll get a, a, a four or five goal spectacular, um, like hence Manchester United down at our place where we beat them four. Um, you know, that's going to happen now and again. But more often than not, the games against your title rivals are going to be tight, scrappy affairs. And there's going to be a match winner emerge somewhere on either side that's going to settle the match. Or it's going to end up a draw, which you saw a ball draw, if you like, with the Liverpool-Manchester United big red-hyped game of uh, earlier on in the season. Um, it's all about the points. It's all about maintaining your position. You've got to be beating the sides who are considered not title rivals. And you've certainly got to not lose too much leeway when you play against the title rivals home and away. And, you know, if Chelsea continue to win their home games, which has been the important thing, it's going to take an awful lot to stop them the rest of this season. Home games are vital. And if you can pick up points away from home and... Um, the odd three points here and there, certainly against the lesser sides in the Premier League, with no disrespect to them, although there's no easy games. You've still got to go away and pick up three points at them sort of places if you're going to be title contenders, let alone champions. Um, all the top sides will be looking to do that. The title race will be opened, well, it has been opened um, a little bit more, and people will see a little bit of light. The neutrals will all be very happy because they see a race between... Six sides. I've got to say there's still six sides in it, I believe, that can win the title. Um, and Chelsea are in pole position. So, long may that continue. Um, FA Cup this weekend, a chance of a little bit of uh, respite from the pressures of the Premier League and a chance for all fans to enjoy the FA Cup, as, as we've touched on before. Mm. We all enjoy it. We all like FA Cup Day. We quickly want to put that result behind us. When we look at the league table, 
we're all going to be very happy. We're not going to be thinking about the last game. We're going to move on to the next one. Mm, that's a good point, mate. I, I think, you know, again, uh, you know, apart from the horror and the trauma of losing to Spurs, which obviously I don't like, you know, ultimately it, it's not a disaster. I mean, I think if, if you'd have said to me last week, in fact, you might even have said to me last week, week you know, it, if, if it was a choice between winning the title or, or, or beating Spurs uh, last night, what would you choose? Obviously, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, I would have chosen the title. And the reality is it's not a disaster that we lost to them because we're still five points clear at the top, which even at this stage of the season is a healthy gap considering, you know, the unbeaten run that we've just been on. So, you know, looking forward, uh, we've got, what, 18 matches left. And, uh, I mean, Liverpool are five points behind. And, I mean, they, they drew to Sunderland, uh, you know, a few days ago, which, which nobody would have predicted. So everybody else is going to drop points as well. And we've still got to lose two or three games, you know, it, it, out of those 18 if we're going to lose, lose, you know, lose out in the title race. So, you know, depressed, yes, but I, I think we can still be optimistic going forward, can't we? And the other side on that, depressed, yes. And if you're ever going to be depressed, and if you're ever going to lose to Spurs, and you, we all hate, hate it and so on, it's not a bad position to lose to Spurs in to still be five points clear at the top of the Premier League. For all I've said, they've got the bragging rights on you're only as good as your latest game cliche. We've still got, just take a look at the Premier League. And, you know, Liverpool five points, Tottenham seven points, and the other big guns even further back. So, listen, very healthy position. And for all the doom and gloom, not a bad place to be. Mm, yeah. I mean, just kind of looking at the game, you know, in a little more detail, I mean, do, do you think that it actually exposed any, you know, weaknesses that we might have? And, and you know, do you think Conte needs to have a look at that and, and try and sort things out? I mean, he was, I thought he was great in the post-match presser, as he as he actually always seems to be, to be fair, Kerry. But he was, I think somebody said, so are you going to like change the system now you've lost? And he pretty much laughed in the journalist's face in the kindest possible way. But, I mean, in all seriousness, do you think it exposed any potential weaknesses? Because I think, you know, to be fair to Pochettino, I think they did a fairly good job on us last night. Um, you know, everyone takes a look at one particular game and say, um, shall he change it now? Shall he do this? Shall he do that? Um, he hasn't done an awful lot wrong. Um, we were always going to lose a game. Right? People are uh, fans of the Arsenal and so on. You know, the Invincibles say, well, you don't necessarily have to lose a game. But the reality is, it was going to happen. Um, no, we haven't done a lot wrong. If it might have exposed the chink and it gives other teams a, a, a thought pattern or a thought process that maybe there's a weakness somewhere that they can expose and, and, and they have the players to exploit that position, then so be it. Um, I don't think this team is the greatest side Chelsea have ever produced. I think we've had better sides. We've had better sides and possibly not, not won as much. Um, but football is about winning. And if this side goes on to win the Premier League, it's going to be regarded as a, as a very good Chelsea team. Any team that wins the league in in their uh, any time in, in their own era is a good side uh, of, that, of that time, of that period. Now, we haven't won nothing yet, and nothing's taken for granted. 18 games, Conte will manage the team uh, as he sees fit, and he'll move players. There'll, be, there'll still be loss of form, there'll still be injuries, and there'll still be one or two suspensions, I don't doubt. These are the things that happen in football, and these are the things that happen to football teams. But at the moment, we've had a little setback, but it's not a large setback based on what I've said and where we are in the league. But it's something to be aware of, and we're not unbeatable. Um, mm. And there's going to be... 
tight games this year and there's going to be some poor refereeing decisions go against us. And we'll get the odd rubber to green and we'll get one or two decisions which we don't deserve. Mm. That's what that's the beauty of football. I don't yeah. see too much wrong. I don't see too much wrong with uh, what, with what we're doing. And uh, well, as T- Antonio Conte suggested, the laugh in the reporter's face is, is probably um, it probably tells itself. It tells you all what you need to know. Nothing's going to change. Let's hope he stays clear of injuries and uh, start another run. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, you reminded me of something that you you remind me a lot and have reminded me a lot actually over the last few months doing the show, and that's that, you know, it, it's not systems that win matches, it's players. And you know, whilst I mean, it's, it was interesting that Spurs matched, you know, our, our system, if you like. But at the end of the day, you know, if you have, I think probably about five or six of our players who, you know, didn't perform to the heights that they have been in a, in a match against a good team like Spurs, then, you know, you're going to be on the wrong side of the result. I think the other thing is that people often forget because, you know, we are, we are Chelsea supporters, so we're massively myopic and we only tend to look at our own team. But, you know, there are two teams on the pitch and I thought Spurs played pretty well and they did a good job in, in, in stopping us playing too. So, you know, like I said, to round it up, Kerry, I, I'm fed up with it. But on the other hand, you know, I'm not too downhearted because I think that, we, you know, that just judging by what we've done recently, we've got we have got a good team, and I think we will. I think we will go in and win the title. I'll, I'll say, say it here right now. <laughs> yeah. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. All right, let's move on to uh, the cup match we've got. Third, third round of the FA Cup. I mean, I've got to be honest, Kerry, you know, for... I, I certainly my generation of, of Chelsea supporters, the third round of the FA Cup is, is always a very, very special day and one that we all, all look forward to in the calendar. Uh, you know, people people say the magic of the cup, don't they? Um, you know, did, did it have the same appeal for you as a player? Was it was it really important to you, the FA Cup and the third round uh, draw in particular? 
Well, yes, <clears throat> we all we, we wait used to wait, and I still do. To be honest, I, I love the draws uh, for all the major cup competitions. I love the Champions League draw. I love the FA Cup draw, um, just to see which games it throws up and, and so on. And it always throws up great games, and it gives a chance for the minnows to go to the big guns. And you know, Peterborough will be relishing it. We look at some of the teams that have been to Chelsea in recent recent years. Six thousand fans come with them. Fan, they probably don't even get six hours in some of these clubs, and yet mm. they go to Chelsea for the day. They turn up and they, they they give a reasonable account of themselves. Invariably, they get beat. One or two of them possibly equip themselves a lot better because it's the cup, and uh, some of their players play out their skins. And this is what it, the dreams are made of. And you know, for the players playing in clubs in lesser divisions, it's a wonderful day out. And 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 the top teams have got to embrace this day uh, and treat it for what it is. Ultimately, they've got to deal with the opposition on the football field. That's what it's all about. They can have the dreams, they can have the glory, they can have their great games, but the top teams will still be expected to win. Chelsea, with a plum home draw, you know, will definitely be expected to win. And I fully expect to see one or two changes in the side in terms of personnel. Um, but nevertheless, I, I, I totally believe, and it, I, it would be wrong or if anyone else is thinking, oh, it's not a walkover, from Chelsea's perspective, they should put a team out, get on with the game, beat Peterborough, and you know be looking forward to the next game. There might be one or two looking for a rest, and uh, there's certainly one or two that's going to get a rest. I don't doubt. Yeah. I reckon you're right there. I mean, it, it's an, you know I've been doing a bit of homework, Kerry, which is always something for you to worry about. Um, but I look back actually, because I mean, you know, Chelsea have had a fantastic record in the FA Cup. You know, really. Over the last fifteen years, even going back a bit further than that, actually, but uh, very, very different from um, from when you were playing for us in the eighties. And I, my homework yep. reveals that uh, you, uh, or not you personally, but the, the Chelsea side that you were playing in, didn't get beyond the fourth round at all, apart from in ninety two, your last season with us, when we got to the quarter final against Sunderland, a match that many of us remember as quite horrible, certainly for the replay up at Roker Park. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you were not lucky in the cup, were you? Pop, you know, I mean, I know you got to the semi-final when you were Luton and we gave you that fantastic reception, but not for Chelsea. No, absolutely right. You know, you ask about fond memories and I have to say in terms of uh, Chelsea's one, I remember the Sunderland game with um, a, a degree of, you know, sadness really because it was mm. the furthest we got. And, of course, it was the last year that I played. But, no, it hasn't been a, a competition in the 80s that... that you know, I particularly did well in all any of the teams that I played for uh, during my nine years at Chelsea. So, you know, I can't look back and say as a previous FA Cup winner, or we had a great run here or there, as you've already alluded to, that my best alluded to, my, my best ever run in the Cup was with Luton. Um, mm. But other than that, uh, I still embrace the magic of it all. I still think it's wonderful and all the great memories, and I, and I love looking at it. Uh you know, as a supporter of football, not only Chelsea, I look at the FA Cup as a kid, used to be one of the great highlights. I used to, you know, it didn't matter who was playing. And and it always threw up a good day. And and that hasn't changed for me. And you're quite right. Chelsea have been to the final and, and they've won the competition on numerous occasions in the last 15 years. And I've got to say, I've, I've been to virtually every one of them. Mm, excellent. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say one thing, you know, in in your favour, which should be noted on record, Kerry, that the Chelsea side that you played in 
didn't get knocked out in the third round by any you know real lower league teams. I mean, we tended to get beaten by decent teams in those days. Um, but as, you know, turning to the Peterborough match, uh, we've done we've we've played them twice actually in the FA Cup third round. Uh, I forgot about the first one, which was in 1965 when we beat them five one. Uh, but actually, we played them not that long ago in 2001, and we beat them five nil. And a certain John Terry was playing that day. Um, the only uh, player that we still got who 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 did play then, which is interesting. Um, but I mean, you know, they're eighth in in, in league uh, in League One or Division Three in Old Money, as I prefer, and they're unbeaten in five. But you know, really, uh, Chelsea should dispatch a team like Peterborough fairly easily, like they have done in the past. But on the other side, I mean, you know, d- d- does it worry you as a supporter playing lower league opposition? And, and and what would you know? What was your attitude when you were a player to playing a team like Peterborough in the cup? Well, as you know, we lost uh, well, the teams that I played for. have had some cup shots. Um, we've been beaten by lower league opposition on quite a few occasions, home or away. And it doesn't... I mean, as far as I was concerned, I was just looking to go out to try and win the game and, and score as many goals. And I saw lower league opposition as an opportunity to boost the goal tally uh, and possibly get a few goals in the game. That, that, that's, mm. I was pretty single-minded in that, in that aspect. But <coughs> I... I think that Chelsea will put out, as I say, a, a, a changed side from what we've been used to be seeing this season. And you mentioned John Terry there and you know, how they were approached. Now, I wonder whether John will be given a game. I see no reason why he shouldn't be given a game in this particular match. And if he was the only player playing in, what was it, 2001, then it, it's a wonderful career that he's, he's gone through, as we all know about what John's career is. And it's a perfect opportunity for him to get some game time. And uh, uh, of course, one or two other—I'm not going to say squad players, because or people in the squad at the moment—to to state their claims for a permanent place in in what has been considered a mainly first team for the majority of this season. So, I think John Terry would be one name I'd be looking at if I was the manager. I'd be looking at Nathaniel Chalabar, and I can tell you their approach to the game would be if they get the nod from Antonio Conte. It will be to play the best they possibly can to give him a few more selection headaches uh, in the second half of the season. I think I think you, I think you're right there, mate. I, I really do think he, you know Conte's going to make changes. I'm absolutely sure of it, and I and I couldn't agree more. I think I think Terry will probably come in for Louise because I think Terry can probably do that. That you know the more kind of holding of the three centre backs, you know, quite well. Um, I, I also agree with you about Chalobah. I think he's going to come in um, possibly for... I mean, the, the trick is, will he come in for Kante or will he come in for Matic? Because I also think Fabregas will start because he's not, you know, he's not, a, a, you know, he's not in the first 11 automatically at the moment. Um, the, the other question, of course, um, I wonder if Zuma will get a run out. It's possible. I don't think mm. Conte will think he can change an 11, change... Um, a whole team and expect the team to just click because it's a very risky proposition. It's all very well tweaking it and three or four changes is understandable. But to change seven, eight, nine, ten, um, it's a risky opposition. Uh, it's a risky proposition. And, mm. you know, even though on paper they're playing at Chelsea, they're in the squad and they're class international players and they should beat Peterborough, Peterborough have still been playing as a team. They've been, you know, mid-table, not really setting the world alight this year. But you know they're going to raise their game. They're going to be yeah. knowing each other's game in, you know, inside out pretty much to whatever degree of success they've had. They will have experienced playing pretty much as a team week in, week out. 
if Chelsea make wholesale changes, there's going to be one, one or two a little bit rusty, even though they're going to try and they're going to do their best. You can't just be out for about three months and all of a sudden produce your best in one game. Some players will and some players won't. Um, so it's risky when you put seven or eight changes um, from my perspective. That's not to say he won't because I believe it's possible. Uh, he could mm. make he could make eight, eight, nine changes very easily and put out a very good Chelsea side, I believe. But mm. it's going to be a risky um, proposition. Um, and as I say, the art of management is about getting results. If he changes the team, people give him a load of stick if, we, if, if, Peter, if Peterborough produce a cup upset and say, what are you doing? Did you, you know, were you not trying? Whatever team he puts out will be trying, but there's going to be a degree of rustiness and, you know, not played, and, um, not understanding the past, not seeing what people are going to do on the pitch because they haven't experienced it this season or maybe not at all. But I do think, I personally think there'll be about four or five changes. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. why I will definitely be one of them up front. Yeah. You, you haven't mentioned. Yeah. Well, I, I, I totally agree with that. I was actually going to mention that just now, funnily enough, but I think he's, he really has to start because, you know, I mean, a lot of us thought he might start when Costa was uh, was um, suspended for that game, and he didn't. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm I really hope he does get a start. Not only do I hope he gets a start, but I hope he does really, really well because you know, I think you know, we we do need some backup to Costa if he gets injured or suspended again. So at least if he gets a little bit of game time, maybe gets a goal or two, that'd be fantastic for him. Um, I, you know, it, it, going back to Zuma, it'd be interesting to see if he does get a run out because you know he he looked a real prospect when he when he broke into the side a year or so ago. Um, of course, he's been out injured since, but uh, it would be good to see him get back uh, into the first team and 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 get a game at least. I think. Um, as for the others, I don't know. I mean, you know, as you said, there could be five or six changes quite easily. Obviously, we won't find out until uh, until Sunday. But uh, bottom line is, Kerry, whoever he puts out really should be good enough to be a, a team from the third division, really, shouldn't they? Without doubt. Um, I fully expect a Chelsea win, whichever team is put out. Um, if the likes of Nathaniel Chalabar, Batshuayi, Fabregas, John Terry, you know... They, they would all be good enough to beat the Peterborough side. And I talk about making excuses, maybe a bit rusty and so on. Um, Kurt Zuma, any of them, they've got to be good enough. If they've got any aspirations of breaking into the Chelsea side, then they've got to be thinking about being good enough as a team or as a unit to be beating Peterborough and progressing the FA Cup. And that's fully what I expect. Well, there you go. I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna predict, a, you know, the correct score this week because you just never know with a cup match like this. But I am gonna predict a Chelsea win, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you will be too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm not gonna go for a correct score either. If Chelsea hit the ground running and all the players come in and they play at their best, and you know, Peterborough could get blown away. If it goes the other way, a referee decision, all of a sudden we find ourselves one nil down for a penalty or maybe a. You know, ascending off or something crazy starts to happen. People get the buzz, their crowd get get behind them. Who knows? I'm not saying they can knock us out, but there will be upsets this weekend. There mm, will be big yeah. teams going out to lesser teams without shadow of a doubt. And it's always the way, and that's what the cup is. Chelsea have to make sure they're not one of them. And like you, um, I'm, I'm predicting a Chelsea win. And I, I, I think by two goals, like, no matter which team they put out, you know, it could be more, it could be less, but... Even if they were to get these bad referee decisions and a, a huge dose of bad luck, 
I can't possibly see them over the course of 90 minutes actually being put out by Peterborough, and I fully expect mm-hmm. the Chelsea win. Yeah. I mean, having said that, of course, you know, a couple of years ago when we lost to Bradford 4-2, is still etched on my mind. It was quite quite an amusing, weirdly amusing day, that, because afterwards we all trooped off back to the pub and, uh, oh, absolutely, I mean, really fed up, as you can imagine. But after a few beers, we started, you know, forgetting all about it. And, and into the pub wandered these two Bradford fans who I, I don't think I've ever seen two more happy and drunk football fans in my life. And, I mean, normally if a couple of the away fans come into a Chelsea pub, they get a pretty dim response. But it, the funny, they were so happy and drunk, they were, they were just welcomed in and they all sat and drank with us for, for the rest of the evening. It was, very, it was a very bizarre but funny evening. So, you know, it's not all bad. Um, one other thing I was going to say, actually, and I think this, this, is, this is quite pertinent to what might happen uh, on Sunday, you know, when I looked at that uh, match in 2001, the team that we put out was pretty much our first team. Uh, a couple of goals from uh, Zola, one from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, I think, and possibly one from Ida. But it was a very strong team. And of course, that was only, you know, 15 years ago. And yet it's completely changed. And, and I think most of the Premier League teams now will put out a, 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 what, what, you know, what can only be called a weakened team. So it's really changed, hasn't it, the Cup, certainly for the Premier League teams. Well, yes, the owners of the cup is ever wants to win it, but they do give it. They do see it as an opportunity if they draw a side like Chelsea have at home from a lesser division, an opportunity to give players who haven't had much game time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say squad players; that's unfair. Uh, players who haven't had much game time during the course of the season, an opportunity to go and stake their claim. And why not? And why not? It, um, it has changed. Whether people's outlook has changed or not remains to be seen. What hasn't changed, I'm sure, is everyone would love to go to the FA Cup final. And I'm talking about yeah. managers, players, supporters, everyone connected with the football club. And that hasn't changed. And, you know, there'll still be 40,000 fans there. Um, you know, the majority of them Chelsea fans. And there'll be plenty of people looking and listening to results and, and listening to the radio and listening to various ways of, of uh, seeing the game. And they all really want Chelsea to win and produce a performance. So that should not be lost on anyone. Um, and I'm sure it's not. Um, the FA Cup is a wonderful thing. You've talked about um, wonderful runs they've had in the last 15 years. And I've said I've been quite a few, well, pretty much mm. all the finals that they've been. Yeah, me too. It's another good opportunity. And you're only in the uh, four competitions or depending how many you're in at the start of the season. And the aim at the end of it is to come away with some silverware. Everyone wants the Premier League, everyone wants the Champions League. If there's only two left, and we're up for them, we should be looking to win the FA Cup as far as I'm concerned. And it's a competition not being in Europe, we could certainly focus on. And uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Antonio Conte is doing exactly that. Well, he's won it... Uh... He's won it in in Italy, so uh, you know I think he, he likes to win any trophy. So I'm I'm confident that he he, he will he will put everything behind this as well. Um, just before you go, Kerry, I just want to have a quick word. Uh, there are rumours today that uh, John uh, Obi Mikel or Mikel Obi John or whatever we call him, uh, Mikel will do for me. Uh, looks to be set to leave the club soon, possibly to China. I know Valencia was talked about earlier in the week, but he he does look to be out. Uh, I, I have to nail my colours to the mast because I, I was quite dismissive of Mikel in his early Chelsea career, but I, I grew to appreciate him for, for what he did for the team and, and, and love him to bits, not least for that 
uh, man of the match performance in the Champions League final, of course. But uh, uh, will you be sorry to see him go? Listen, anyone who's uh, put on the shirt um, yeah. deserves some sort of recognition. John Obi Mikel has, has never caused problems. He's always been part of it. He's, he's been dealt some some cruel blows at times. He's uh, he's had his career. He came here as a kid um, from Manchester United with a big reputation. Um, I think Chelsea might sound a bit uh, a strange statement. Ruined him. I think they made him a defensive midfield player. We bought a Thomasin Nigerian with an opportunity to be a great midfield player with a various range of passing, not saying he was always a goal scorer, but we created a new Claude Matalele and we made John Obi Mikel, John Mikel Obi, whatever, that person. And he was told to do the job that Claude Matalele did. And various managers have continued to do that. And his career in terms of could he have been creative, could he have been a different type of midfield player, was pretty much um, stumped by Chelsea because he become typecast as this holding midfield player. That's his job. And whenever people needed defensive work, John Obi Mikel was called upon. Um, Jose Mourinho used to revert to him and various other managers revert to him when things don't go right because he was made and known that that was what his job was. Um, and we made him that. We needed one after Claude McAleary left and we decided John Obi Mikel was going to be that. The effect it had on what he might have become or what he did become, he can be very proud of his career and the trophies he's won, the time he spent at Chelsea, and Chelsea fans will respect his time at Chelsea. But I do feel he might have been an even better player than perhaps Mm -hmm. what he was if he wasn't, from my perspective, cloned to be the new Claude Matalani. But nevertheless, I don't know what his appearances are. He's been here an awful long time. And if he goes to China or wherever and leaves the club, he'll go with many thanks, a huge respect, and a degree of, well, a total degree of good wishes. And uh, I hope you do well. And thanks for your, your time and efforts at the club from me. Yeah, well, that's a brilliant, a, that's brilliant sentiment, Kerry. And I, I echo that totally. And what a lovely uh, way to end the show this week, actually, my friend. So thank you very, very much for that. Um, I'm No doubt you'll be there on Sunday. So uh, enjoy the game, as I will too. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week. I will be there, Dave, and I'm hoping to enjoy uh, the game and, of course, see a few goals, see a few old faces welcome back on the pitch again and a Chelsea win, most importantly. Amen to that. Good stuff, mate. Well, as I said, enjoy it on Sunday and I'll speak to you next week. But until then, uh, up the Chelsea and have a great weekend, mate. You take care. Cheers, Dave. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.